Welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Script Podcast. My name is Chomosh Kete. And I'm Janice. With this one, we get into the intersection between mobile money and businesses, but we're going to look at it from an insider's perspective. That is on how it looks from somebody building and working on implementing the mobile money ecosystem in a country. This country is Zambia. We met up with Komba, who is currently the MTN FinTech Director for Zambia, and together we talked about his start in the industry. We talked about the mobile money inception in Zambia and went all the way through to his plans for the future. Great, then let's get started. There has been a significant growth of the fintech industry in Africa during the last two decades. And in that time, we have witnessed the inception and the mass adoption of mobile money in a number of countries in the sub-Saharan African region. What is fintech and what importance does it have? How has mobile money helped businesses with the adoption of digital payments? I traveled to Zambia and discussed this and more with Komba Malukutila, someone that many would describe as an emerging key figure in the fintech industry of Zambia. Thanks for coming through, Komba, and I appreciate you take, spending your time with me. It's a pleasure to be here, Chongo. Um, I'm really happy um, to be given this platform and share a little bit of what the industry is evolving into, but most importantly, how it's impacting life. So I'm really, really happy to be on. Great. It's great to hear that. So you noticed I kept your introduction very brief because I wanted anyone listening to this to find out straight from you who Komba is. So we can start from there. Like, tell me just who, who is Komba? <laughs> yeah, so I was born and bred um, on the Copper Belt, uh, which is our mining hub here in Zambia. Um, Zambia is a very big exporter um, of copper. Um, to the world. And I come from a small little town called Luanshan. Right? Um, that is my hometown. And, and shortly after high school, I made a decision to leave the small town and pursue a little bit of a big city life. Um, so a typical African child story, you leave the small city um, in pursuit of opportunities in the big city. I always had an appetite for tech. Um, because I believe that whichever industry um, you worked in, especially in the early 2000s, um, tech was pretty much cutting across. Um, and so it presented a lot of opportunities uh, to me. And therefore, I decided to pursue a degree in computer science. Um, it was a long distance program, actually, with the University of Greenwich um, in the UK. Shortly after that, um, after graduating, I joined MTN, um, pretty much first from school, intern um, from the bottom all the way, working my way up to MD. And as you would appreciate, I joined MTN as an intern within the tech space. Um, so I was desktop support. Um, but quickly after joining the organization, I realized that it presented so many opportunities in terms of diversity, inclusion, and just, the, it was endless to my opportunity in terms of what I could be within that organization. Um, but the most inspiring story for me within MTN was the mobile money story. 
And we kicked off with this um, in and around 2011, I would say, um, is when we started pursuing a fintech license uh, with the central bank. And in those days, um, it was really just purely mobile money. It was the ability to send money from one um, instance to the other using the mobile phone. It was really necessitated um, by voice, which is our main product as MTN, sort of flatlining, declining in the future. This is, we're living in the future now where our voice revenues have really been commoditized. Um, most people are using data by means of text or even calling. Um, so now we needed to come up with alternative methods to sustain our business. And that's why we sort of implemented mobile money. But quickly after obtaining our license in 2012, we realized um, within our first year of operation that this would be a little bit more than just a new revenue stream. It would be a way to change lives for many Zambians and many Africans across. And I jumped on board with that um, as a project lead for the transformation and the merger um, and the acquisition of mobile money. Um, but literally did I know that, you know, a couple of years from then, I will be the one to lead the ship. Um, and we've carved out, since carved out our mobile money business to be a standalone business as part of MTN strategy. Um, and this is really to give it a focus because um, payments is the future. And in your earlier statement, you asked how mobile money is really impacting sub-Saharan Africa. I think the right question is, how is it impacting the world? Um, it is easily um, the biggest growing business in Africa, on the African continent. Um, it was really birthed on the premise of being able to send money home. Just like I told you in my story, um, everybody is, is, is migrating from a small town to the big city. And when you get there in Africa, you've got the obligation to look after people at home. How do you get money? from the city to home. It used to take days, weeks, sometimes even months to physically send money to a village. Um, in many parts of the, country, of the world, even now people still have to physically send money because banking systems are not willing to put their infrastructure um, in far-flung areas. So how do you get civilization, economic uh, drive in those really far-flung areas? The answer is more about money. Because with a small little booth, a mobile phone, you know, um, you're able to create economic activity in these areas where no civilization, these are completely off-grid areas. And suddenly those people are financially included. What does this mean? It means their data is available, right? Um, they, 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 they've got equal opportunity, just like you and me living in the city access to loans, access to, to banking services, real-life banking services, access to them selling and buying. So if they are producing um, maize or wheat or God knows what, their marketplace instantly stops being the people within their perimeters who they've always sought to. But it's a whole array of, 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 of opportunities for them. They, they suddenly have access to 19 million Zambians and the rest of Africa and the rest of the world. So we've seen what the power of FinTech has been um, on rural Zambia. 
that's sort of a, maybe gave a little bit of an in-depth introduction, but that's been my story. I moved from really just being a tech boy um, to being a fintech enthusiast on the back of just how much um, this fintech story is impacting um, Zambian life. No, that, that was perfect. That was perfect, actually. And, and listening to you and how you went from this tech background to being the managing director of MTN Fintech, one would think it's been just like an easy, easy ride, right? The way you just described it and how you've kind of implemented uh, from inception, right? Mobile money in Zambia. But are there any, you know, notable challenges and obstacles that you've faced in your journey? And if they are, how did you overcome them? Yeah, so to put it very clearly, many obstacles uh, that I've been able to experience on my journey. Um, first of all, personally, um, it was getting into very uncharted territory career-wise at every point. Um, and fintech doesn't really, is a very new business. Um, and so it doesn't have very established support structures, um, as you would expect. And so you, every time we're navigating a new business or a new angle to fintech, um, it was for the first time. So there's no reference to best practice. Um, there is no norm in terms of how we operate as a business. And in most instances, you're viewed as a threat. I remember very vividly when we needed to integrate with traditional banks um, and walking into the first bank CEO's office and literally being kicked out because they viewed us as competition. You know, um, it took a while before the banks really realized the compliment that came with mobile money to the whole banking ecosystem. Because then now we would have to all integrate um, and, and drive this whole cashless narrative. Um, and we would go to the last mile where they're not comfortable to go because most banks are really along the line of rail for obvious reasons. They're a very risk-averse entity. Um, and they need very solid, robust, for through business cases for them to you know, pursue new avenues. Whilst we as fintechs um, are a little bit more agile, um, a little bit more um, comfortable to take risks because our business model is high risk, high return. So then we would then be the complement to help the banks to, to reach the last mile. And so we don't position ourselves as banks. We are fintechs. Our main product is a wallet. It's a product built on convenience. I should be able to conveniently make that payment. I, could, I should be able to conveniently reach that last mile. So um, those are some of the real life challenges that we found ourselves experiencing. So the investment that it takes to drive fintechs, because for you to be able to build that robust distribution network costs a lot of money. So it was years and years of investment, maybe even five, six, seven, eight years before we could turn a profit. And this is really a long margin business, strong top line, but a low margin business in the beginning because you're really building a footprint. You're really building that robust agent network uh, before it starts to kick in and your, your products move from just sending and receiving money to now payments because when it becomes payments and your e-money, your mobile money is seen as a currency and now you're able to make payments, um, you're able to carry, out, carry it out as a lifestyle, then you start to see profits and you can impress shareholders. 
So there was many years of sitting before shareholders and going like, look, we're not paying dividend again this year, you know, um, and so on and so forth. And that wasn't easy and, and, and a very reducible structure. So it's been very difficult navigating, but we're here really because it became a need and a commodity for our customers to utilize the service and hence the exponential growth that you have seen. I think it's been more of a long game. Like yeah, in short, right? I, I do agree with what, what, what and you've touched on some really important aspects, which is one being the fintech support structure. Maybe we'll touch on that later. But just going back to what you touched on on mobile money and what you said about it being last delivery, you realize that it, it is it has an important role to play in the fintech ecosystem of sub-Saharan Africa, actually even the world, like you pointed out today. And just to follow up on that, with what you're doing with MTN Fintech, a big part of adoption of digital payments in a country probably relies on merchants and small businesses. How are you helping merchants with mobile money adopt more of digital payments? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I say it's a good question because this is what we're doing in the now. Um, so you, you may or may not have seen that we celebrated our first 100,000 I did. I did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but that has come on, on the back of a lot of work and convincing, right, to the merchants in the beginning. This is not more than a two-year-old venture. We kicked off our merchant acquisition journey last year, June, right, so 18 months in the making. And really, it's again understanding what the times are calling for now and the future of mobile payments. Because initially you implement mobile money and people are using your platform to just send and receive money. But they are withdrawing, so it really defeats the purpose. They need to keep the money within the ecosystem and to be able to see um, mobile money as a means of payment. The only way they do that is if merchants are able to accept mobile money as a means of payment. So you go into this merchant outlet and you're having a conversation about a value proposition to a merchant to be able to purchase, to be able to allow his customers to also purchase via mobile money. Um, and so that adoption um, was not easy in the beginning because they were like, well, but cash works just fine. And my alternative digital channel is, you know, um, card payments. So we built a, a merchant ecosystem and within 18 months managed to grow to 100,000 merchants. We're still scratching the surface because in Zambia alone, the opportunity there is at least 2 million SMEs. But now the real benefit to them becomes when their own ecosystem grows, right? So um, because mobile money as a service has grown, the demand from the customers is huge. Customers don't carry cash anymore. Now they want to pay via email. So they are not omitted from the onset from those type of transactions. But now the data that they get as a result of people paying them via e-money, then enables them to get things like loans to enhance their business and so on and so forth. Because transactions are lost when you're using cash. You've got to understand that. Correct, yeah. Because there's no record of a cash transaction. Exactly. You know, it's paper. But a digital transaction essentially means as a merchant, you're able to, to take stock of what kind of transactions I'm making, how frequent I'm making, and who it is that I'm interacting with. That becomes a, a, a 
part of big data, and then now you're able to access the credit facilities and so on and so forth. And, 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 and facilities that haven't been really a part of the African norm because we're, we're, we're not a credit society because we don't have automation, right? Yeah. We don't have systems. So it, it, we've really leapt from um, a lot of development with mobile money. Now as MTN, we disperse uh, in the millions of dollars worth of collateral-free loans um, to SMEs every day. Um, and with no collateral at all, you're able to access a loan that you can pay over a week, mm-hmm. a month, and so on and so forth. Um, and that is really what is a catapulting and helping um, a lot of MMEs and SMEs um, out there. Really a big success story um, around the kind of data that merchants are able to collect. You've mentioned that you do offer the collateral loans, right? That's yeah. one way to support merchants to, you know, and incentivize them sort of to begin adopting the digital payments. Are there maybe yeah. any other programs, opportunities, partnerships that, you know, companies, SMEs are not aware of that you intentionally sort of offer to also accelerate this adoption? Um, yeah, no, there are quite a bit. Um, so one of the things that we strategically did with our platform was to enable what we call an open API. And the APIs just really allow a lot of third parties to be able to integrate into our platform. Um, and that way, you have a situation where people are offering different kinds of services, so whether it's lending, um, whether it's village banking, um, whether it's solutions to help young farmers um, with um, pest control, disease detection. We have got all sorts of medical apps now on our platform that allow for people to diagnose um, and to be able to offer assistance in very far-flung areas. Um, and, and, and all of that is made possible, not by ourselves, it's really a sum of all efforts, um, but also made available um, through a lot of third-party solutions. And most of these solutions initially couldn't run as efficiently because they had no means of collecting payment, right? But now, because people are able to run those type of programs, it's helpful. We work very closely with the government, and I must mention, on a lot of the initiatives and their programs. Today, because of mobile money, the government is able to give subsidy on farmer input supplies, right? So we've got what we call FISC, which is short for Farmer Input Supply Program. It's a very big success story right now, where farmers are able to get, you know, um, grants on farm produce to be able to um, make their payments. So for a minimal contribution, um, you get, you know, your fertilizer, your seed, um, and the government supports farmers, um, small farmers, big farmers, um, on these initiatives um, through mobile money. So they are collecting all these payments from them, minimal, minimal contribution a farmer makes, and in exchange for that, they're given their sort of starter pack um, to be able to grow their farm produce. And again, millions of transactions just this year alone have been supported to these farmers by government entities. So what we have at Choma is really a platform um, that third parties um, are able to integrate to and drive their success stories um, for us. Those are quite a number of use cases, actually. It's like they transverse multiple industries, right? Absolutely. And just moving on, 
like I've noticed in Sweden, like Sweden is 97% digital transactions mm-hmm. and you only have like 3% cash transactions. Wow. I've seen the benefit of having digital payments overlap to other industries, right? The, the government earns more revenue because they can track digital payments. People can, people can, de- yeah, people can declare yeah. their income better, right? And the audit industry has benefited as well because now it's like optimizing the audit processes, right? So these benefits of digitizing a country, they're they're quite a lot. They overlap to to other industries. And mobile money does play a big role for that in sub-Saharan and Zambia, to be specific. Without a shadow of doubt, it's it's a $1 trillion industry and 70% of that is in Africa alone. That's huge. Now, build on that, I thought, like, I noticed a key part of it was regulation that helped achieve the 97% for maybe the Nordic countries. What role do you think regulation has to play in the acceleration of digital payments adoption in the country? Yeah, so, Choma, regulation is at the heart of everything that we do. You know, um, I'm lucky to be operating in a country where the regulator is really supportive um, of the mobile money and fintech drive, um, so much that they've also created an association that is a payments association that just focuses on fintech businesses and drives the whole fintech agenda. Now within the regulator, you've got um, a whole wing um, that is really focused on payments and fintech. So the agenda is very big. Um, however, the role that they get to play is really opening up this industry to a whole lot more activity and not really heavily regulating it the way other entities like traditional banks are regulated because it's a growing industry, so it requires a lot of support. Um, So we are lucky enough to be able to interact with the central bank governor on a quarterly basis where he checks in on the industry and he gives feedback on some of the key initiatives that they are driving from the regulatory perspective. These are one-to-one engagements uh, as well. You know, um, and, and we are also to give feedback in areas where we're, we're struggling, so be it cybersecurity, which is some of the common challenges that fintech experience across the world, and see what are some of the emerging trends and how as an industry we can drive them. Um, it's also nice making sure that a lot of the operators are licensed to protect um, a lot of the partners as well as customers, because from some of these unlicensed uh, partners stems a lot of challenges. Um, because then they don't get the right kind of support and um, the narrative can get lost. Um, or then they can also just be perpetrators of uh, cyber crimes. So we work very closely with the central bank in alignment to make sure that we drive this industry. And a lot of awareness and endorsement um, has to come from them because then it is more acceptable. Then, you know, it is more, it's, it's a sort of endorsed and and align with everybody else, right? So last month in Zambia, the central bank governor did a go cashless campaign where the central bank themselves go out in their trucks, activating village by village this whole go cashless campaign. And they're doing all the all the education and sensitization on our behalf. So they go on, they'll indicate village by village, you don't have to use cash anymore. These are the advantages of using cash. These are the advantages of using digital payments. You certainly are included. You know, um, you certainly will be able to pay your taxes much easier. 
and you certainly will be able to get access to loans and different credit facilities and support for your businesses. Um, and just the expense and the risks that come with dealing with cash. They are driving that narrative. Um, and so it's really encouraging and powerful to see. And as a result, we've still seen um, much more growth coming from the industry because of that strong support and endorsement. So really, really privileged to work in a market like that. And, and I see that in similar markets where the governments have made very deliberate um, pronunciations around mobile money and fintechs, there's been similar growth. So Kenya, which is one of the biggest leaders of uh, mobile money in Africa, same story, very big supportive regulator. Rwanda, Uganda, Ghana, to mention a few, are all at the drive um, and the bank and call mobile money, pretty much because the regulation has been in favor and support um, of all this activity. I've, I've had a bit of interaction with the Bank of Zambia as well, and I did notice that they are really supporting the fintech ecosystem in, in terms of trying to protect both the consumer, trying to encourage competition as well, but, but as well regulating it. And I do know we had a talk with somebody, they are open to new technologies as well. And yeah. since, since you, are, you do have a tech background, I was curious to to find out more about your thoughts on the on say technology like the blockchain what are your thoughts about the blockchain yeah so when it comes to technologies like blockchain right cryptocurrency and so on and so forth they're great and i mean blockchain is taking over the world right so you can already see a lot of people um transacting however where we are now in africa is still a very big conversation about inclusion. It's still good and a, a, a very big number of, of, of Zambians and Africans are financially excluded. At least 50% of the population do not have access to formal financial services. And that's where the story for us starts. We need to still drive, as an industry, um, a whole lot more um, Zambians to get onto financial uh, form of financial services. Um, and so before I could even start speaking of blockchain and that how that will impact our industry, I know that, that part of the central bank sandbox now is really driving blockchain and seeing how we can start to drive those transactions. That's great. We want to be at the helm of innovation. However, the bigger discussion is we still need to get at least another 50% of our population um, onboarded to formal financial services, digitized. And so that, for now, for us, is where a big chunk of our focus is. We're still having conversations with the regulator in terms of how do we get cheaper devices in the country? Can we have a tax holiday um, on devices so that, you know, it is not a barrier to entry uh, for someone to have access to mobile money because with the form, they're automatically included. Um, we're still having conversations around expanding size and going more rural sites um, and, and, and having that focus. So um, we, we need more coverage, we need more devices, we need more consumer education and adoption, and, 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 and maybe in a year, two years, you'll see us now really scaling blockchain, crypto, on the back of a much increased base. That's a very good approach, actually. It's, fo- it's more places of focus on laying a strong foundation before actually building 
innovation, right? Bringing in these new technologies, and it's it's a very good focus, which kind of entices me to ask, what are some of the exciting projects or initiatives that you're currently working on that we may hope to see in the future? If you can mention any, yeah, no, there's quite a bit, right? So the the immediate one is we're trying to build this whole mobile money advanced services ecosystem. So we want to be able to give extend overdraft to merchants, agents, and subscribers. So say, for example, you are shopping for groceries and your bill is a thousand kwacha, but you realize that you only have 900 kwacha. Um, we give you instantly a hundred kwacha overdraft to be able to complete your transaction. Um, and then we'll be able to collect back once you credit your account. And all that is being made possible with the big data that I was talking to you about, all the transactions, you're able to help people complete those transactions. Can we give more loans to agents and merchants to be able to run their business? Loans and um, overdraft facilities to, 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 to SMEs to be able to run their businesses. So that's um, an up and coming focus for us. Um, creating a robust e-commerce platform um, also is a very big focus um, because we want to create a marketplace within the mobile money ecosystem. Um, can we have buyers and sellers meet um, and utilize our platform as a conduit? Can we evolve our app? Because now we, we have app, mobile money was traditionally um, accessed by USSD. Um, now we have got the Momo app, it's accessible across all of our markets. How do we evolve that app into a super app and that then becomes like a marketplace and a one-stop shop for all of your transactions? So trying to really create the right kind of parity between services available on USSD and the app and create that convenience um, for customers within, within, within the app. Um, and really going yellow currency. So um, the integration between us and, and, and the GSM business is really at the purchase of airtime and data. And most markets now are scraped off physical cards and are now going full on digital. Um, so how do we create this whole mobile money to be yellow currency that, you know, no one is using paper, no one is using cash. You are really carrying out all of your transactions within sort of the mobile money um, ecosystem. Very big focus for us. Yeah, sounds exciting. Sounds really exciting, actually. <laughs> and just finally, Moving, up, moving back to the fintech industry in Zambia, where do you see the fintech industry in five to 10 years? And what role do you see yourself playing in that future? The industry can only grow in. With more and more people coming onto the platform, um, we're going to see, it's, it's, it's scary to see to what extent um, this trillion dollar industry is going to blow up, especially on the African continent. I see a whole lot more integration. I see a whole lot more services delivered to the last mile. Um, I see a much more robust payment industry. Um, but ultimately, I see one super app that becomes like the WeChat for Africa, mm -hmm. right? An app where no matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to transact. Um, if you've visited China, then you know that everything exists within mm -hmm. WeChat. Yep. You'll be able to pay your bills within WeChat. 
you're able to pay for goods and services within mm-hmm. WeChat, you're able to, you know, conversate with your doctor within WeChat. It all starts with having that wallet. Mm-hmm. At the point of owning the wallet, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. So um, as the more we open up the Momo app and its platform to, to people to be able to integrate and put their services there, it will be a whole array um, of, of opportunities and offers um, to customers, to, to, to SMEs, to corporates, all being integrated into this one super app and be able to make it a lifestyle for everyone. So that, at least for the medium to long term, is the goal. How do we create a super app for our, for our customers and, mm-hmm. and, and, and partners alike? And, and my role in all of that is to serve. I want to be part of this story. It's such an emotional story for me. It really hits here at the core. I say, if anybody who works in the mobile money industry is really not working for the salary, you've really got to understand how it impacts minority groups. You know, women who have got no access um, are now suddenly in leadership positions because of fintech. You know, um, young children um, are now having access to education because of fintech, the employment creation, the agent network that we have alone in Zambia is a combined amongst all players is, is close to 200,000 actively transacting agents. That's 200,000 jobs created in one country alone through this business. It's, it's a phenomenal story and it's just getting started. So I really, really want to serve in this, in this ecosystem and add my value and add my voice to it um, in whichever way we can. We need to lead from the point of impact and, and really stay on it. It's a very difficult industry um, to drive because of how just robust and, and big it is. But there are a few good men out there who have really um, put their sacrifice to it and seen it become um, the big business that we, we call today. Thank you, Komba. Thank you for doing this with me. That was a great answer. Um, <laughs>